Sunday night service. Looking forward to Brother Lawrence preaching for us and, and showing us the pictures of Sally's kitchen over there in Romania. Um, good to have James with us this evening. And he brought mom and dad and grandma and grandpa too. That's nice. Yeah, I know. I love that. I love that. Um, I was talking to Matthew earlier today, and he told me they've got a good church they're going to in Iowa and involved. Was he lying to me? No. Okay, good, good. Just want to be sure, because I'm getting ready to ask him to pray. Okay. All right. Would you open us in prayer, Matt? Sure. Dear God, thank you so much for everyone who's able to gather here tonight, Lord. Please bless the service tonight, bless the preaching, uh, nourish the preacher, and uh, just give him your spirit as he preaches the message that the saints of our congregation might be edified tonight. And let this uh, evening do something for you. Just say, I pray, amen. Amen. Please be seated. All right. Well, as you're seated tonight, we're going to learn a new song. This song is entitled, His Mercy is More. It starts with the chorus. And so I'll sing the chorus one time through for you. And then we'll sing it together. And then we're going to go to the verse, which I'll teach to you. And then we'll sing the verse all together. It's very repetitive, so you'll get to learn it. But this one's called, His Mercy is More. And it starts with the chorus. Praise the Lord, His mercy is more, stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more. Ready? Sing that one with me. Ready? Here we go. Praise the Lord, His mercy is more. Sins they are many, His mercy is more. 
I'll teach it to you. Here it goes like this. What love could remember, no wrongs we have done. Omniscient, all-knowing, he counts not their sum. Thrown into a sea without bottom or shore. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. Let's sing that all together, ready? First verse. What love could remember, no wrongs we have done. Omniscient, all-knowing, he counts not their sum. Took my sins and my sorrows. He 
seated. As this morning we met Brother Lawrence, as he reminded us that he's been working with us for years as an, an extension of our church, an extension of our church ministry as missionary to the Roma people. And so tonight he's going to preach for us. He's also got a video of uh, Sally's Kitchen, and we're just going to turn the whole service right over to him. Come on up. Great. Amen. Were those your notes? Uh, no. Oh, my God. Yes, they were. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I picked them up. Here we go. Oh. Thank you, Pastor, for everything. Shalom, bache, bona disera. Everything means uh, Romanian and uh, uh, gypsy and Jewish means all the same thing. Good evening to you. <laughs> Well, we're praising the Lord for your church at all times. I do pray for you, uh, for all my supporting churches. I pray for them faithfully every morning, their pastors, their family, and also their church congregation. So you have somebody praying for your ministry in West Hollywood, and that's me. And we're so grateful once again for you. You know, I've learned a few things since I've been here. I've been hearing this word, flatliners, flatliners. And uh, so I, I think they're saying flatliners. And I'm thinking, they're telling me, you're a flatliner. And, and, and of course, I misunderstood that. And I'm saying, well, flatliner. When I think about a flatliner, it's like when you go kaput, there's no more than nothing there. And I said, what an unusual word to call people not from Vermont flatliners. Like, they're dead, you know? And then I went to a pastor's meeting with. Uh, Brother John and Pastor Taylor, and I said that to someone. I, I said, you're a flatliner too? And he goes, no, but yeah, I am a flatliner. He goes, but, but they're not flatliners, they're flatlanders. I was like, good <laughs> night. All this time I'm thinking, they're saying all of us are dead. <laughs> so, but yeah, I learned something new. So, but, uh, so anyways, but uh, we flatlanders don't bite, Amen. So, but uh, we're grateful once again. Uh, I've been leading you by the 27th. I'm going to uh, Pastor Eric in North Adams, Massachusetts. He's also one of my, my supporting uh, ministries. And Brother uh, Preacher, I got him from you. You turned me on to Brother Eric. And I never got a commission. No. <laughs> but here's what I'll do. <laughs> if you come to South Florida, I'll make sure our gypsy ladies make you Samaria and Pirogo. Samadha is very spicy, but I can assure you it's not roadkill either. It's uh, pork and rice. So, but uh, anyways, uh, we are uh, going on, still continuing for Jesus, though Sally's not with us. She's with us in spirit. But what you're about to see is you giving to the Lord. However you give it, through faith promise or through outside, uh, uh, whatever, how you give, donate your money. This is what you're going to see tonight is your work. And when I mean your work, what you invested in financially and prayerfully, what you invested in. And just let me give you a, a short thing how it all came to provision. Sally always wanted to, whenever we would go there, when she was able to go with me in Romania, uh, the little gypsy kids would come up and, you know, they want money. And, and so, of course, Sally would not give them money, but she knew they needed to eat, preacher. And she would take them and buy them whatever they wanted in the store, whether if it's candy, cakes, or something else like that, of that sort, so they could eat. And uh, by the end of the day, preacher, 
she had no more souvenir money in Abilhagi each day, you know. So she said, Lawrence, is there something we could do uh, in a better way, more sufficient for these little kids? And of course, I said, we're missionaries. We, it's hard to support a village of 1,700 Wama and uh, to feed them. And I said, maybe one day, Sally, the Lord will, will, will work through us for that. Well, who knew that one day was going to be her going away? That God will manage to take that. You know, God takes disappointments and he turns out, he turns them out to be blessings. And how many witnessed to that? He'll turn a, a disappointment to a blessing. Well, he used the disappointment of my wife, taking her home uh, where he was at in heaven and, uh, and to build a feeding center. So before Sally left, uh, uh, I told her and her hearing was there. And I said, Sally... The Lord impressed my heart when we're going to build a feeding center in your memory. We're going to call it Sally's Kitchen. Well, she smiled ear to ear when she heard that. And uh, so what you're going to see is uh, a dedication in her legacy. And we feed up to uh, 50 kids a day, 50 wow. kids a day. And just recently, uh, Brother Gitsa Feketa, who's a, one of the men that came out of our work in Romania, uh, told me that the moms and dads are bringing their baby kids and put their toddlers and putting them on their laps and every so often they sneak a spoonful of meal to eat and they sneak so no one else knows what they're doing and Gita told me that and I, of course if the kids are not eating much that means the parents are not eating either and I said Gita put an extra plate for the parents also Let's do a meal for them too, along their children. And uh, he did that and we started to feed the parents too as they come along also. Well, we had, I need your prayers on this. We had uh, a couple from Dallas, Texas. They were out of the organization called Mana uh, Feeding the Hungry. I'm not sure if you heard of it. And that couple, I, I, I didn't call them. I didn't set the appointment up. They came there while I was in the States. And they, him and this, this man and his wife talked it over and uh, they wanted to supply $1,100 a month for Sally's Feeding Center to feed these kids. And I got a phone call from the, uh, from the president of MANA. He said, Lawrence, we have a couple here, an elderly couple. They're from Dallas, Texas, and they want to give $1,100 a month to feed the Roma people, the kids. So what am I going to say? No. I said, I said, praise the Lord. I said, great. You know? And uh, so, I, so I stopped sending money. I just built it up the money. Because I know when a private individual starts giving money, sometimes that fizzles out eventually. Mm -hmm. So I just start to stockpile the money. As money was coming in, in a separate account at Cleveland Baptist Church, we start to stockpile the money just in case for that rainy, rainy day that comes in, that I don't have to call people like Pastor Taylor, someone else, hey, we need some money. What guy, what could you do to help us out? Well, that couple dropped, uh, dropped us. When COVID came in, they dropped us and they dropped $1,100. So we're down to 500 a month. But I believe that God could take care of it. Amen? Amen. So pray about that. God will raise that up. Uh, people are joining us and and we're, we got a couple more supporters for Sally's Kitchen uh, to raise that money for these kids to eat. But this is what you're going to see, your investment in us. 
your investment in us. Like I said, I think I said to you one day, I said, you may not see it on this side. The only thing you're going to see is a film. But one day you'll see in heaven, truly, what your invest investment has accomplished. And uh, can we have the lights? Matter of fact, Sally's singing on this video also. When it was dark down in my heart, you gave light to me. A child of darkness became a child of light. And when my soul is dry and I need to drink the waters of life, you became to me, I am, I am, Jesus said to me, I am the Alpha, I am Omega, the in-between, I am, I am, Jesus said to me, I'll be what it takes to meet your need. You were the widow's cruise of oil for Elijah's need. You were the shelter for Noah, the shepherd for the sheep. And in that fire, you were that fourth man and the cloud by day and the fire by night for your children to lead the way i am i am jesus said to me i am the bread of life just take and eat i am i am jesus said to me I'll be what it takes to meet your need. I'll even go by way of Calvary. Amen. Amen. Uh, we believe in uh, doing what the Lord tells us to do. Amen. And uh, if it takes feeding the people too. Amen. And then hearing the gospel, that it's worthwhile. These people, are, well, our people, are every time they eat, they're hearing the gospel. People are getting saved. Young kids are getting saved. Teenagers are getting saved. Moms and dads are getting saved. And they're getting baptized. They're going to church next door. And they're getting baptized in a horse's trough. We don't have a baptistry, a baptism. Right there. But it's in a horse trough. Ice cold water. I think that's people dedicated to the Lord. Amen. Uh, we, have, uh, we have raised in the first seven weeks. Lord raised not me $15,000 to build Sally's Kitchen. When I preached there in 2000, late September 2016. I told Brother Gitsa Fekata. And as I preached in that orange building where the kids were holding Sally's sign. Sally's Kitchen. Uh, if a preacher, this is bigger than their church building that they had. Your platform here is longer and it's also wider. And I said, May, uh, the Lord just put in my head, 
that you're going to need a bigger church because once the feeding center takes place, hearing the gospel, people getting saved, people getting baptized, people being discipled, you need a bigger church. The one they had, we couldn't fit everybody in it. People were at the windows. Kids were at the windows. People opened the doors in the back and they're sitting outside in cold weather. Sitting outside in cold weather just to hear someone preach. Someone preach. Well, I told Brother Geetz, I said, extend the foundation and we're going to take it by faith that God is going to build a bigger church for his glory. 2000, late 2017 or early 2018, the new church was built adjacent to Sally's kitchen. So, um, you know, God does things his way. Amen. amen. We, just have, we just have to be instruments that are willing to be available. God's, not, God's looking for availability. How many here tonight say, I'm available for Jesus. Whatever he wants me to do, raise your hand. I'm available for God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, I just want to say, no, I really enjoyed myself. It's called the barn, right? In the back. The barn works. <laughs> and uh, you know what I thought about? God gave me a message. I'm not going to preach it tonight on unity. Mm. Unity. And I looked at all the men working there. And I said, everybody was unified together. Everybody was working so well together. There was no arguments. There was no one saying, I'm doing too much. You're not doing enough. No one saying that. Unity. And I said, the Bible says, how pleasant when the brethren dwell together in unity. It says the oil running down Aaron's beard unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. And I say that to say this. If this is going to pro progress further for the kingdom of God, then we have to be unified in church. Amen. Just as they were working out there, we have to be unified in church. Because when you're in unity, there's no telling what you could do for the Lord's glory. Amen. So I'm really excited to see that. Monday, maybe I'll preach that message in four or five years from now when I come back. Unity. And I want to preach a message tonight. I want to challenge you. I don't want to preach to you. I don't want to preach. I want to challenge you with a word from God, from the Bible. And we find that in 2 Corinthians 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. Wow, you got it up already. Amen. Your, your guys have quit, Pastor Taylor. Pretty good. Pretty good. There, there you go. Unity. You see what I mean? Unity. It works so good. And uh, you work together with me in unity by supporting me and other missionaries reaching people all over the world. Unity. And I'm going to read the verse, and then I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to draw your attention to something right there in verse 14. Matter of fact, my title of the message is, A Soul Winner's Motivation. A Soul Winner's Motivation. And we'll, we'll get to that title, and I'm going to read this verse right here. And this is Paul speaking, by the inspiration of the Blessed Holy Ghost. For the love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we are all dead. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray, Lord, that you bless this time. Father, I, this is, I believe, the faithful crowd. The faithful, Lord, of the church that have come out tonight. Though they were tired, they still came out. But they came out to hear from you, Lord. Now, Father, I pray, Lord, you be with my words. Help me say the things I should say, and the things I should not say may they be left unsaid. 
I hope to be a blessing tonight, Father, to uh, Pastor Taylor, Mrs. Taylor, the church family. But most of all, Lord, I want to be a blessing to you. For we ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Keep that up for a second. For the love of Christ, Paul said, constrain it. He's, he's not saying constrain it me. He's saying constrain it us. For the life of love of Christ constraineth us. Now, I don't know about you, uh, uh, Pastor Taylor, but there's many words in the Bible that are like neon signs that just blink out at me. Uh, how many have Krispy Kremes in your neck of the woods? Oh, you don't know what you're missing. Krispy Kremes. <laughs> Man, but when that hot sign is on Krispy Kremes, it says hot and it's red. You know what I mean? You make a U-turn and you stop and get hot donuts from Krispy Kremes. Well, let me say this. For the love of Christ constraineth us. The word that caught me, preacher man, is the word constraining. There's a neon sign. I, I went through it one time and I went back to it again. What in the world does that mean? That King James, no English word, constraineth. You why? Looked it up. It means Paul's saying, the love of Christ constraineth us. See, the word constraineth, first of all, let me give you a short definition. It means compels me. It means to incarcerate me. It means to imprison me. Paul's saying, it's not my love for Jesus, but his love for me. That incarcerates me. It compels me to do what I do. It, it locks me up his love. Paul's saying, his love for me. Paul's saying, I can't get over his love for me. Paul's saying. If you want to admit the truth, we all fell at the love of Christ. Come on, help me out, please. I'm leaving soon. We all fell at the love of Christ. I'll raise my hands. Sometimes I fell at it. Sometimes I, I things I should do, I don't do them, as Paul says. You know? And the things I do, I don't want to do, and so forth. We fell at the love of Christ. If we want to be honest, but God knows, and you know, but he says, for the love of Christ, constraineth me. He says, I do what I do. I go where I go, because his love, that's a love for me. I know I, I can't get over the love of Jesus in my life. I hope you don't either. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> the love of Christ constraineth me. Or as he's saying, his love for me motivates me to go places I normally wouldn't go. His love for me motivates me to give what I don't have. To give what I, no. you know, when, when you're faith, you do faith promise conference, right? We do. Okay, when you do faith promise conference and you give, you're giving because of the love of Christ in your love and in your life, amen? You're giving because he loved you first, amen? Amen. What motivates us? Well, I'm gonna tell you one thing that motivates me, me, me. That constraining the love of Christ motivates me. Uh, that Christ would die for a wretch like me. That Christ would die for a fortune teller. He says, I loved you when you were enemies. He says, I loved you when you were enemy to me, Jesus said. And he calls us friends. Well, it's unbelieving what Christ has done. I'm going to give you several things that should motivate us. Several things that should motivate us. Mark 16, 15 should motivate us. Mark 16, 15 should motivate us. And, uh, and that is to obey the command of God. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Many could go. Many could give. But there's goers. Amen. And we are the goers sent by you. And I want to say, Victory Baptist Church, well done in serving Jesus Christ. 
Well done in your prayers. Well done in your finance giving. And those times are hard, and you still give, amen? And uh, Sally used to sing a song to the Sunday school department with our kids. A little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There is a crown, and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. And you may think, what is my three, four dollars, five dollars? It accomplishes a lot, amen? amen? People are getting saved. People are getting baptized. People are being discipled. Feeding centers are being built. Churches are being built. Little is much when God is in it. Amen. Amen. What motivates us? God's command. He tells the church we need to go. We need to preach the gospel. Uh, I told the Lord um, that when I was in Bible school that I'm going to, whoever come, I come across, I will do my best to witness to them. Do my best. And that's also non-gypsies too, okay? Uh, Bible says he's always respecter of persons. And I witness to everyone I come across. So I, when I have an open door, I witness. You know when you got that open door. Come on, come on, help me. You know when you have an open door to tell someone about Jesus. What motivates you tonight, church? The love of Christ should motivate us. Matthew chapter, uh, no, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. What motivates me? God's command. He said to go. Now, uh, I got to be honest with you. I only have a seventh grade, seventh grade education, if you can't tell already. Wow. But I, I think the word "go" is a verb, <laughs> right? Amen. It's a verb, not a noun. It's at least I learned that at elementary. <laughs> it's a, it's a go word. And when he says go, that means we need to go. We need to preach. We need to tell people about Jesus. You may never have a pulpit, but I'll tell you what you have. You have a testimony. Amen. And that's your pulpit, amen? That is your testimony, is your pulpit. Here's what Acts chapter 1 8 says. But ye shall receive power. What kind of power, comma, is that? Jesus saying, but ye shall receive power. What type of power that motivates us? Come on, someone help me. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost power. I love that Holy Ghost power. Amen? What other power is that? That's called resurrection power, people. Resurrection power. And you receive power that after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And here, catch this. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. I gave this testimony before, but make me feel good like you never heard it before. When, uh, when we seen the video of the Roma people, I should start using the word Roma, right, Pastor? Instead of gypsies. So you all get used to it, the Roma. Every once in a while, we throw a gypsy in there. But when we seen the video of the Roma people, we were moved. We were moved with compassion. We were moved. Because this woman came, uh, a, a, a Roma lady with a babushka and an apron. And uh, she was about like this. And she came. And she said the words as she put her hands on her tummy. And she said to me, Roma, in America. She said, you people, you gypsies in America, can you bring us the word of God about Jesus? Boom! We went that, that year, that, in 1995. Five, we were moved with compassion by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And then history speaks for itself. Five churches are already built for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Five. And they're still doing it, people. They're still doing it. Guess what? You're part of that action too. Amen. You're Amen. part of that. He said you should receive power. So 
What motivates you? The command of God, he says to go. He says to go. You may say, well, that's for Pastor Taylor. That's for missionary Lawrence Evans. No, that's for God's disciples. Now, if you're not God's disciple, guess what? You need to get saved and be his disciple. Amen. You need to accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior and become born again in the family of God. But he says, go to the church. It's our duty is to go to the church. What motivates me? His command motivates me. What else motivates me? To complete the plan of God. We see a command and then we see a completion. To complete the plan of God. Romans uh, chapter 10 verses 14 and 15. Romans chapter 10 verses 14 and 15. I sure hope I got the right scripture. Oh, here we go. How shall they call on him who did not believe? And how shall they believe in him who did not heard? And how shall they hear without what? A preacher. A preacher. 1995. Went to Romania. Didn't know, didn't know nothing about the Romanian language or the Romanian culture. All we knew was communist came down. I believe it was in 1989. I could be wrong. Look it up. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But it was in the 80s. Communist Ceausescu was killed, him and his wife, in Bucharest Square on December 25th. They tried to fly out of there in a helicopter. The revolution caught them. The people caught them, dragged them out of that helicopter, put them in Bucharest Square in front of the palace, tied them on a pole, and shot both of them on Christmas Day. Both of them on Christmas Day. So we went around that time afterwards to Romania, and we didn't know where we were going. We were dropped off in the boonies, really boonies. You go outside, you couldn't even see your hand. It was so dark outside. And we stayed in an ex-communist compound that Ceausescu started to build, but they never finished. And we stayed in the town called Boile Felix. Look it up on the map, Boile Felix. And it was a small little village of uh, 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 farmers. And we asked the Lord, when we got on the road, it's on a video. I gotta make a video. It's on a VHS. When I find it, I'll make it and send it to you. Maybe you'll show it one night. And uh, we prayed, me and Brother Walter, we prayed, which way you God you want us to go? We didn't know which way to go. And the Lord impressed our heart to the left. Go to the left. We didn't hear an audible voice. You know what God just impresses your heart, right or wrong. So we went to the left, and as we're walking down, down, down those cobble streets, like you see on uh, PBS or Rick Steves, and as you're walking down those cobble streets, we're leading Roma to the Lord, at the, at the corner of the streets. And then we had two Roma ladies with the babushkas and the flower skirts. They're at the bus station. They ran after me and Walter through those winding roads. I don't know how they found because we live about 10 minutes away from them. And here's what they said. Pralani, pralani, brothers, brothers, brothers. As you put in, stop. And they're out of breath for running preacher. And they said, would you bring this Jesus to our village on the other side so they can hear what you told us? And how should they call upon him who did not believe and how should they believe in him and how they heard and how should they hear without a preacher? Preachers are needed to preach the gospel. Amen. Amen. Missionaries are needed. Number one, 
what motivates us? I'm, I'm motivated by the command of God. He says to go. It's, it, it's, it's a verb. He says to go and do it. Matter of fact, there's not an option to go. Amen? He didn't say think about it. He didn't say maybe. He said well, sleep over it and see, what, see about it. He says to go. He says to go. I'm, I'm motivated. I'm constrained by the command. I'm motivated. I'm motivated to complete the plan of God. And I'm constrained by the plan of God. We see that one has to be sent. And then we see uh, thirdly is to fulfill the responsibility of the saint. To fulfill the responsibility. Romans chapter 1 verse 14. Romans chapter 1 verse 14. Paul says, I have done it both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. We have a responsibility. James chapter 5 verse 20. James chapter 5 verse 20. We're soul winners motivation. To obey the command of God, are we constrained by that? To complete the plan of God, I'm constrained by that. And thirdly, to fulfill the responsibility of the saint. We said it in Romans, in James chapter 5 verse 20. Let them know, let him know, that he which converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from what? Death! And shall hide a multitude of sins. Once again, God assures us we're to let them know. And I, I believe you're doing a great job out of it, Mike. To the glory of the Lord. Let me give you, I had eight here, but let me give you one more. Let me give you one more. We need to let them know because we need to, re we need to redeem the time. We need to redeem the time. What does that mean, to redeem the time? What does that mean? Get back. Redeem the time. Someone told me, Sears used to have redemptions to, uh, what? Come on, someone help me. Sears back in the 40s had, re had these coupons, redemption coupons. But you could not redeem it until you took your coupon in. What Sears was going to give you. If I'm wrong with that, uh, an older person told me that. We need to redeem the time. Buy it back. How are we going to do it? Redeem the time. We need to redeem the time. Romans chapter 13 verse 12. Romans chapter 13 verse 12. Night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast out the work of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. We need to redeem the time. The Bible says that night cometh and no man could work. I don't know about you, but I believe that Jesus is closer than we thought. You probably say, oh, you missionaries. You missionaries have been saying that for 2,000 years. But how about this? We're closer than what they said in 2,000 years. <laughs> Paul says, the Lord is at hand. Paul says, the Lord is at hand. Watch your TV. I don't think there's newspapers anymore, right? Watch your TV programs. Watch the news. Jesus is coming. We need to redeem the time. And Jesus says, occupy till I come. What does that mean, occupy? Be busy about his business. Oh, what motivates us? What, the command motivates me. The plan of God motivates me. The responsibility of the saint. The Bible says to whom much is given, much will be required. You and I have been given much. And one day we're going to, he's going to require that at our hands. Wasn't Ezekiel, he told pastor, he said, go and tell them. Was it Ezekiel? I could be wrong. 
Who was it? And he says, I don't want the blood at your hands. If you don't tell them, I'm going to request the blood at your hands. Ezekiel had a problem with these folk, I guess, you know? And uh, evidently, he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go. He wanted them to die in their sins. He didn't want to go. But here's what God says. He says, you go. Because if you don't go, I'm going to ask for their blood at your hands. God tells them, no matter what they say, you just do what you have to do. You're not held responsible you and I are not held responsible for their answers. You and I are only held responsible is to give it. That's all. Is to give it. That's what we're held responsible is to give it. We need to redeem the times because the days are evil. And of course to complete the plan of God. Let me end with this. We're 10 minutes earlier. We'll get you home nice and quick and you can have your snack before you go to bed. So, so winner's motivation. So winner's motivation. I give you several. I had 12, but I'll give you, I just gave you several. Paul says the love of Christ constraining me. His love for me, I can't get over it. I can't. I can't get over it. You know something? I could have stayed in my roofing business. I had a roofing business. Industrial roofing. Did I do it underhanded? Yes, I did. God forgive me. But when I got saved, I, I stopped doing it underhanded. And, but you know something? The love of Jesus, his love for me, motivated me to become a missionary. His love for me motivated me to tell other people about Jesus. Let me just recap on this. The soul winner's motivation, the love of Christ constrained me to obey the command of God, to complete the plan of God, to fulfill the responsibility of the saint and to redeem the time because the days are evil. Well, I know about me, I'm redeeming the time. For night cometh, Jesus says, and no man could work it. Night cometh. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. He knows. But he, the disciples asked him, how can we know? Jesus says, look around, the seasons, the times, what's going to take place. I know he's coming back soon. I hope he catches me when he comes back that I'm witnessing to someone, telling them about Jesus. What motivates Victory Baptist Church? What motivates you? Truly, you didn't come because of Pastor Taylor and Mrs. Taylor. You came here because of Jesus. Amen? Because your love for Jesus, you came here tonight. You came here tonight. God help us to be motivated every day of the week for the things of Christ. Amen. Amen. Pastor Taylor. When you come to the New Testament, the Apostle Paul also references the blood of people's souls being upon your hands and challenges you to share the gospel so that their blood won't be on your hands. And of course, it's just a, it's a visual yes. phrase for you and I to understand that we really do have to be sharing the gospel with others because their souls depend upon us sharing the gospel. So thank you very much, Brother Lawrence. Uh, take some time, visit with them a little bit. Look, do, do you have your displaced data? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
be sure and look at that. Um, he didn't talk a lot about before, uh, but when you look on his display, you'll see a crystal ball, and that's because Sally was a fortune. palm reader, fortune teller. In fact, years ago, Sally walked up to me right in this foyer right here, and she said, Pastor, let me see your hand. And I handed her my hand, and she says, have you, have you ever had your palm read? And I said, no. And she smacked my palm, bam, smacked it as hard as she could. And she said, there you go. Now you can say a gypsy made your palm red. <laughs> she probably did that to a lot of people, huh? Um, I think you're the only one. <laughs> oh, really? I'm the only one. <laughs> But she was a sweetheart, and uh, one day we'll see Sally in glory. Yeah. Um, but then you look out there, too, and it's got a palm with all the things written on it. Just to remind you, you know, where they came from right. and to where they are. Amen. Uh, Christ can just dramatically change us, can he? Uh, we see that happen all the time, but we must share the gospel with others. We... we we do invest in things around the world as a church. We invest in Sally's Kitchen. We yes. invest in the missions. Uh, we invest in a manna feeding station in South Sudan. But we invest primarily in churches. And why is that? Why don't we just go ahead and invest to feed the world? Because we can feed them for a day or maybe two or a week. But what we really want to do is save their soul for eternity. Amen. That's why our focus is on churches. But we also invest in those other things, too, to minister to people. But our focus is just what Brother Lawrence is doing, starting churches. Five churches around the world touched by his ministry. Praise the Lord for that. All right, let's have a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. Be sure and take a moment. Visit with Brother Lawrence. He's leaving the end of this week. 27. But he's going to be here. So if you want to... You know, you say you're driving by your local Krispy Kreme and the sign is on. You know, swing by, pick up some donuts for Lawrence. Swing by. He'll be in the missions department. All right, let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to come as brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray that you would help us to exalt you. Help us to serve you. Help us to give to your work so that souls can be touched around the world. We thank you so very much. In Christ's name we pray, amen.